It begins with the war-born development of DDT, this diabolical weapon of modern science saved millions of humans, but killed billions of insects. Man, with this newly discovered force, has at long last gained the upper hand in our age-old struggle. Back to Queer Horror Cults. Uh, I'm Laurie. I'm Aria. And I have a question for you, Aria. You been uh, you been rooting around in the garden this year at all? No, actually. Oh, <laughs> this is oh. my one like outlier year where I just I didn't buy shit as far as plants go, and usually I go nuts. And this year I was just like, I'm just not going to. <laughs> I didn't even think of it. Like, I get so few plants. I get, like, what, a tomato plant and a couple pepper plants. I didn't even do that because of how late summer was this year. And then not only that, but usually it's, like, either we go together or I'm there and I call you and I'm like, hey, want these? And yeah. I just haven't gone. And yeah. so, obviously, we haven't gone. <laughs> yeah. I guess you'll just have to stick with your menagerie of house plants. Yes. Now, if you want to talk about house plants, I have been... Um, hand mixing pesticides. <laughs> oh, so you you were inspired by this week's episode, or perhaps real life inspired the choice of this week's episode. Now, when I say pesticides, I mean like emulsified neem oil. So it's not it's not the shit in the movies that we're dealing with. It's not anything that's going to cause harm to my dogs or like i don't know me or my family i don't know i think in one of the movies at least they're very adamant that it's safer than ddt that's true which but you know that, like... that's such a high bar <laughs> right but i was gonna say even even the crunchiest like everything has to be organic people are like oh yeah neem oil it's totally legit so, which means it might not work for shit i don't know but like the um, people who make their babies like hope. shit in a bag so they could use baby poop to like fertilize their garden kind of people yeah 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 gotcha 100 cool. percent. Yeah. and they're like well neem oil is non-toxic to well i mean it's i want it to be toxic to like the thrips and shit but uh, as far as day-to-day life it just kind of makes my bathroom stink because i douse my plants in the bathtub <laughs> And then leave them there while it dries. Yeah, you would. Uh, shit. Well, that's unlike the movies this week in which uh, there's a lot of pesticides that do some serious fucked up shit to some people. Mm -hmm. We um, did an episode that when I mentioned to my dad in a recent phone conversation, because I was talking about, you know, just catching up, I mentioned Mm -hmm. we were doing this. I think he put it as like, ah, so you clearly hit the we're out of ideas portion of the podcast. Ooh. <laughs> it's like shots fired, but also. Well, it's it's funny because when we were talking about this, I was just like, that that is totally how I felt. Uh, like I watched the movies and I was like, I don't have shit to say to anyone. And then you were like, well, I have ideas, so let's go off of what I say. And I'm like, that, yes, let's do that. That works. Because... I, yeah, I'm kind of where your dad is, so... Well, I'm hoping we can get a conversation out of it, uh, because Mm -hmm. uh, I definitely propose this with specific talking points in mind. And I'm glad for that. Yeah. This week, we are doing the, uh, 
you know, a genre that we're all well familiar with, which is uh, pesticide use turning people into zombies. Specifically <laughs> pesticides, not just chemicals. That's right. Yeah, no, we mashed up two of, uh, well, one of my favorite genres when I was a teenager before it got oversaturated to hell, the zombie movie, and one of my favorite genres now, the eco-horror. Yes. Because we all live in a giant ecological horror night- nightmare scape, so. Don't we ever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so basically we just, I, I was also, I kind of want to do this because I was surprised that there were enough movies that have this exact plot line to justify <laughs> a, whole, a whole episode of them. No kidding. Yeah. And they're all from a very similar, like, period of time, too, which probably speaks to the, like, cultural anxieties. Yeah. Then. Which, not to say they've gone away, but maybe a little more in the water now, so to speak, both figuratively and literally. It's funny you say that, because I think the quality gets worse as time goes on. Like, I think the best movie of the bunch is the earliest one, and the worst movie of the bunch is the latest one. And, um... So maybe oh no! I meant just... in terms of like like the popular imagination, like this period where it's like, oh, these pesticides are going to turn everybody into oh, zombies. Yeah, and yeah. nowadays, it's just like, yeah, we use pesticides. But that's that. But that's what I mean. I think that is in the quality. Like it's like such this huge got horror it. back. Like when it's like the main. Like oh my god, this is a terrible thing we're doing. So like the movies are much more inventive and interesting. Then it just becomes blasé because right. it's like all eh, this again. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. So I guess we, we watched them in the reverse order because I figured, mm-hmm. all right, let's watch them in a way where the movies get better, not worse. As, I think uh, that, was, that was wise. Yeah, we started with a video nasty that you hadn't seen and you might be of the mindset that you wish that was still true, but that's okay. <laughs> we watched Toxic Zombies from 1980, a.k.a. Forest of Fear, a.k.a. Blood Eaters. And I yes, think it has a we few watched more Blood titles. Eaters, I think. Yeah, it was Blood Eaters on our print. It's That's also right. been known as um, Crying Fields. <laughs> yeah, in West Germany, Crying Fields. Sie werden zu Bestien der Apocalypse. Well then. And um, Zombies, Toxicos. Il Ritorno degli Zombie. So a bootleg <laughs> zombie sequel to a bootleg <laughs> zombie sequel. Obsessed. Yeah, there's, yeah there's, a, there's a lot going on with these titles. <laughs> Which is another theme this week. Oh, it was also called Blood Butchers. Okay. So, yeah. Why not? Uh, What have we got with the plot on this one? So, there's a group of people who are running, like, a grow-op out in the wilderness. Yes. Somewhere in the United States. I don't remember where. I don't really care, quite honestly. I think Pacific Northwest, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, And this is, of course, back when weed is, like oh my god, they're growing narcotics. Like, like they're, they're talking about these guys like they're, like, the narcos, like, yeah, drug cartels of today. Yeah, it's almost like these fentanyl produ- producers. Like, that would be yeah, the, like the it's, scare it's, tactics for this. It's, yeah, yeah, like, the dog, like, it, it is very, like, oh my god, these terrorist scourges of humanity, and it's like, they're just some guys growing weed in the woods. And I love how when it actually cuts to them, they're just a bunch of dirty hippies in the woods. They're just a bunch of guys, like, yeah, just they're guys. just vibing. Now, to be fair, they did kill the cops that, like, found them, which yeah, has made yeah. the they're department hard, of yeah. whatever the fuck go apeshit, but it's like, well, if they were just, you know, if they just left them to mind their own business, yeah. then, like, everyone would probably be fine. 
Yeah, they're just in their commune, and these people are just like, hell yeah, we kept... And it's it's funny, too, because they're running the weed to California, so it's like, we kept weed out of California. Hell yeah. <laughs> we, we saved the day, apparently. It's like, my guys. My apparently, buddies. yes. Um, but yes, hey, this was a different their time, right? Yes. And so in uh, between the frustration of not being able to catch these guys and then the also added insult of the fact that they they killed the cops who did manage to find them Mm -hmm. the department of i don't know whatever government thing anti-drug guys in an office somewhere in like dc or whatever yeah i can't decide dea or cia or maybe they're maybe they're straight up atf and they're gonna do another waco like that's the energy these guys bring Totally, yeah, like, they're shady. So they're like, okay, well, then we're, since we can't find them, we're just gonna, like, douse the entire area in these nasty-ass pesticides using a crop duster plane. Yeah. And these pesticides, like, we ain't saying they're safe for human, like, use, but we ain't saying they're not safe for human use. Well, he seems to have the idea that's like, we ain't saying they're safe for human use, but we also ain't saying these weed dealers are human. Ooh, good point. Yeah, like, like they're very much like, they're the perfect guinea pigs because they're lesser, is the kind of right. mindset this one guy has. Well, not only are they lesser, they're cop killers, which is like yeah. the worst kind of killer you can be. Right. And uh, they're, they're he's pitching all this to uh, John Amplis, who, if people uh, may or may not recognize, played Martin in George Romero's Martin. That's right. And uh, he's in Day of the Dead, Dawn of the Deads, some of those movies, and... Uh, he was probably by a wide margin the best actor in this fucking movie, and he barely Easily. did anything. <laughs> he was just kind of believably a dick with a shotgun. Right. Yeah. So he's the sort of, like, conscientious objector, but has to, you know, they, they overrule him, obviously. Yeah. And he, he objects to the point of just, like, I don't know if this is a good idea. It's like, no, it's a great idea. Oh, you sold me. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like, well, there's not really anything I can do about it, so I guess I'm going along with this. Yeah. And I love how the crop dusting, they hire, like, the fucking most backwoods yokel kind of guy to do it. And he's just, like... Well, because he's he, not human either, right? He's just some, like, you know... Well, the wife is, like, they're complaining about him being on welfare and how he doesn't do any. So he's that, like, you know, proto-Regan, like, welfare queen, but a washed-up guy who just drinks all day instead of, like, I don't know... <laughs> having a million babies or whatever yeah and, like uh, like he's a walking stereotype of the like the whole like you know like underclass who just leeches off of the system of you hard-working taxpayers yeah and he's uh played by what can only be described as a budget bootleg french lines henriksen word that's like the only <laughs> way i can think of him in my head like and whatever you're picturing accurate. in your head if you haven't seen this you've got you could draw him from memory now mm-hmm. yeah it's true and so, um, yeah, they hire this guy. It's almost one of those, like, one last job. <laughs> he's like, one last job to my next bottle of whiskey. Exactly. And he he gets in the plane, does the spraying, spritzes the boys, and uh, shit starts going down. I, lo- I love that, too, when it spritzes the boys. Because, you know, they're, they're like, the cops are on to us. Man, we gotta flee. So they're chopping down as much of the weed as they can carry, which they're... Like, they're arguing over why they're 
trying to bail so fast despite the That's fact right. that they just killed a bunch of fucking federal agents and they're like they're coming for us it's like they're like also fun. we've made like enough to retire on like 10 times over yeah. we're good but they're still just like we can't leave all that crop so there's a lot of fighting well that's because they them. you know that the, the guy who doesn't want to leave the crop crop he has a like you know grind set he is he's on his about, grind that's a good he's point. on his grind he's about he, continual exponential growth not it's never enough Jesus it's the american Christ. dream baby but yeah, as they're doing that, the crop dusts their the crop duster dusts their ass, and uh, I, this sequence after they're dusted, they're just running there covered in like what looks like talcum powder, just coughing their lungs up, and they're puking blood as they're <laughs> running. And then the guy who didn't get it is like, "What's wrong? I'm fine." Yeah, it's like, "Are you guys What's okay?" You as guys? the dude's just like retching his guts out, kind of thing, <laughs> like literally. Like this seems bad. Yeah. And so they like wash off or whatever, and they're like, "No, it'll be fine, right?" Yeah, not not quite, as they become a bunch of uh, hippie zombies in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of zomboys in the woods. And not just zombies, but, like, cannibal zombies. Yeah, they're pretty Which I adept guess, with uh, knives and stuff. Yeah, because I was going to say, I guess all zombies are kind of the whole, like, oh, we like, want to eat brains. I guess that's pretty cannibal. I don't know. Dawn of the Dead, they make the point out that they're they're not cannibals. They don't attack each other. There you go. Right, because they're not people, so they're human eaters. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a political little essay to do right, right. there. Yeah, please note that I'm saying that with, like, dripping in sarcasm, and I, I, I'm not endorsing Yeah. I would view. never want to do, like, a YouTube podcast. Like, I, I'd never want to do video of us sitting here chatting about this and post that because I have no interest in that. But at the same Mm-mm. time, it's like... I feel like we would have to clarify less shit if we did it that way. We probably the, would, but this way we're maybe looks less. On our faces <laughs> we might be time. a little bit less likely to get like deep faked if we don't have video footage. <laughs> yeah, us. like I said, I'd never do this, but I think it would. Yeah, our episodes would go to about twenty minutes rather than just trying to clarify the dumb bullshit we just yeah. said. Because I keep catching like the view of myself in the corner of my eye, and I'm just like, I can't take it anymore. I don't wish to be perceived visually. That is very relatable. <laughs> but yeah, while this is going on, there's uh, people camping in the woods. Well, the main character is this uh, government uh, like forest ranger guy who was told to stay out of the area for his like triannual trip to look at the place. But he's like, no, nah, I got some fishing to do. So he like goes with his brother or his half-brother or something and his uh, fiance, and they go fishing in the woods. And then there's also a family camping nearby that yes. had... One of the probably most offensive character beats that I've seen in a movie in a long time. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the, the, it's a family of four, two parents and two children. The children are also probably as old as the parents, but, you know, it's fine. But they're playing, That's like, kids. And uh, one of the kids uh, is clearly meant to have Down syndrome. And I say clearly meant to because the actor is very much playing up that stereotypical bad kind of like like it's offensive it's it is it is pretty offensive yeah (laughs) like there's uh, no other word for it it's like this is just bad yeah it it was it was a choice and Mm -hmm. uh not a good one but it was a choice that this movie made yeah and yeah so christ this movie's kind of already a mess just like at this point and we've already, like, heard the budget bootleg um, Halloween theme throughout. That's literally what it's at. Like, that's the first thing I said when this movie came on. I'm like, why is this, like, the bargain bin? Like, I heard the Halloween soundtrack, and 
I'm I kind of want to rip it off from memory, but that's about as far as I can get. It's like if John Carpenter was hired to do elevator music for a building like in some like fucking downtown office block and he only got paid enough to spend five minutes on it playing with his left hand because he was playing like xbox with his right <laughs> like that that's about he's just doing his little warm-up yeah this is just finger stretch exercises and, it's and like, then like good the, enough. The co- then like the money fell through and he was like well this is what you get yeah with the family too the dad has a lot of hard times opening a can of beans with a regular <laughs> opener, too. He's just, he's bemoaning the fact that he doesn't have his electric opener yes. for the woods, despite them not having any power or generators. Right. And, uh, God, he really goes through it with these beans. <laughs> Reminds me of a certain character arc of uh, the main character of Twitter one day. Some yeah. time ago. What, that guy, he's like, this guy's Wario, because this dude just wants to give people beans. Yes. He's he shares so it. He, once, once, he, once he manages to open his can of beans, he shares his spoils with everybody else. He doesn't, like... Including the zombies. Yes. Who show up, and he's like, you can have some beans if you like. And then they just, like, have machetes that are coming closer. You can have all the beans if you'd like. <laughs> I hate it when I get robbed in the woods for my beans. <laughs> Not my beans. And then, of course, as that's happening, uh, the zombies are clearly going to, like, fuck them up. So what does he do? He pushes his wife over and runs away. (laughs) And then he runs into the arms of a zombie and gets fucked up while his wife manages to escape for about five minutes longer. Damn right. And this movie does a really funny thing with the dialogue choices in that, in that the dialogue never stops. Everyone just has to say what they're doing. It's kind of got that old energy to it. Kind of. Where it's just like, this guy's just like, oh, I don't normally pick up a hitchhiker, but you look like you're out of sorts, so let me get in my car and we'll drive to this place, which is where I was going in my car when I saw you, don't you know? (laughs) And it's like, just got that fucking kind of energy with everything people says. It does. Like, the scriptwriter really didn't trust the viewer and was like, oh, fuck. Do you think they'll understand that that zombie's gonna kill this person if I don't have it explicitly stated by everyone in the dialogue? But there is a hero in this movie, even though he's a bit of an anti-hero, because he's also kind of a piece of shit. But it's just the weird, lonely hermit in the woods, and the reason I say he's a bit of a hero is because he has a cat that he has spaghetti with. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, if you're feeding your cat spaghetti and treating them like a person, you're a friend of mine. (laughs) You're a hero in our books. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, when they're trying to skip the zombies, they stumble across this little shed, and there's this guy who kind of unveils what's going on with the... The crop dusting, and this is where we kind of get into the environmental stuff a little bit, because he's, like, purposely living off the grid, because he wants to avoid all these trappings of modern civilization, yet they still come to him and, like, just dust over his house, kill his fucking dog with that stuff, too. Just collateral Um, damage. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, even if you want to opt out of these uh, societal things that, that... you find egregiously bad that you don't have to be a part of in any kind of logical sense. Like, you, you can't escape it, you know? We do like, live in a society. Yeah, he, but he doesn't even live in a society. He left society. Society and came in, to him. Society yeah. was waiting for him. Yeah. And, yeah. Society waits for you. <laughs> exactly. For yeah. you and you and you. <laughs> um, and, of course, this is the the very flimsy foreshadowing he's like my dog went crazy and bit me so i had to shoot her see and he shows his arm there's this huge gnarly bite that looks all fucked up on it and it's like oh i wonder what's gonna happen to this guy 
at least he like showed everyone instead of being like, oh, I better hide this. Yeah, yeah. And it's actually kind of funny because that was so leading into like, oh, this dude's going to turn into a zombie and stuff, but it doesn't happen. He just gets killed by zombies. <laughs> it's like they, they set up the foreshadowing and then just didn't follow through with it. Right. Which was an interesting choice. It w- yeah. 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 It it was. But yeah, if it sounds like we're skimming over this movie, it's because it's a very skimmable movie. It really is the setup that we gave and then people running in the woods away from zombies who show up every five minutes for about yeah. 45 minutes of the runtime. Yeah. And then the federal agents from the start catch up to everyone and just like start trying to kill them all. You know, it's just like, hey... We're going to shoot all these people and let the zombies take care of the rest. Right. But the main dude manages to... I guess one of the surprises... I expected his brother was going to get killed because that guy was like the comic relief character and they right. never survived. But uh, his fiance, His fiance, That's how you say that word. His fiance gets uh, off by zombies too. And I mm-hmm. didn't see that coming. Yeah, that's a good point. So that was a bit of a surprise. But he saves the kids and... Um, they managed to take out the, the agents uh, and ride off into the sunset. But not before he gets offered a job and promotion and all that to stay with the agency. But he's like, no, I've got that to That literally tried to fucking them. kill him to s- shut him up. Like, so he wouldn't... Yeah, be, yeah. Yeah, like, I don't like, blame we really him for like, fuck <laughs> this. Yeah, so he has the smart take on actually just bailing on the job and all that. Yeah, this movie's pretty empty i don't think i would have ever watched it if it weren't for it being a video nasty probably anyway. wouldn't have heard of it like it's well yeah probably wouldn't have heard of it but but even if if it was like it's nothing to write home about but the mm. one thing i found interesting in this was uh the way it throws the uh eco horror stuff like with the pesticides they they specifically take that war on drugs angle yes and it's sort of what you're setting up at the start of this one with um how dehumanized the drug dealers are and like we're talking you know we're coming from the perspective of being canadians right and um so weed's legal here and it has been for a, a while now you know like, like not years, that long a but few years it's been decriminalized for for a fair while and then it was legal with prescription for a while and now it's just legal like you know you can get it like you can get cigarettes basically not at the gas mm-hmm. station but at dispensaries mm-hmm. a lot of places in the states do this too of course but um, it's interesting being removed from that 1980 setting, and also that America's war on drugs kind of setting. Don't pretend our conservatives, though, aren't like oh, 100% God. No, on yeah, that shit. cut from the same. <laughs> Not even cons- like the liberals, too, let's be real. Yeah, cut from the same cloth for sure. Yeah. But I mean, like, it's just, that, it was this- just without the, like, insanely, like, overfunded war machine behind it yeah this is not to downplay what is happening here or the war on drugs that is happening in the states but it is interesting watching this movie uh 40 years removed right from that mindset and in a mindset too of the the day where it, it is seen as you know like not everyone sees it this way but a lot of people it's just like it's like getting beer now yeah and I mean, it's all through dispensaries too, right? Like you can't just do a grow up and distribute on the streets like the people in this movie. Well, not legally, are. but yeah, that's what I mean. Like that part's still a crime, but right. um, it is just interesting to see how they justify doing chemical warfare on their own population because they're undesirable for this transgression against the societal norm, and that just like really sums up 
the war on drugs, like just how dehumanizing mm-hmm. drug uh, drug users are seen as. Yeah, because there is the whole thing, like them being drug peddlers is one thing that the movie takes aim at, but it's also just like there's this glee in this attack on almost this hippie culture that these uh, characters are meant to repre- uh, represent. On these parasites. Yeah, they're hippies in the sort of like Manson family kind of sense as both the the um, agents, but also the movie kind of portrays them, right? Like they're, mm-hmm. they're definitely seen as uh, thoroughly unscrupulous scoundrels. But yes. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of an interesting sort of preset for this movie. And I think uh, a movie with a bigger budget and or maybe like less just ramshackle could have possibly done something really interesting with the premise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not exactly what's going on here, of course. No. I slag on it a bunch. Uh, I've seen worse, for sure. I've seen sure. worse just watching the video nasties, but like I said before, also I would seen have better. no applause. Oh, yeah. I have, well, one of the other ones we watched today, yeah, or for this episode, I mean, that we'll be talking about. But yeah, it's, uh, I guess it's, uh, I'm glad I saw it for the completionist in me. <laughs> If I watch it again, it'll probably be because I have some kind of weird compulsion to watch all the video nasties again, which I tried to cure myself of last year. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be in remission for a few years at least. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> I'll still watch the bangers like of course. every year because I do anyway, but yeah. So what was your take on this movie? Like, I got the impression you did not think it was very good. Yeah, it is just kind of haphazard, like, yeah. oh my god, the zombies are back, oh no, encounter, let's go through the woods more, oh no, more, like, it was just very, like... It really was repetitive <laughs> in that regard, yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, like, there was some plot, but there was also a whole lot of vibes. And, uh, did you, was there anything you enjoyed about the experience, or? I mean, it was goofy. Okay. I mean, no is an acceptable answer, too. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sitting there being like, oh, I hate this. Why am I watching this? This is the biggest waste of my time. Like, none of that. It was also just kind of like, well, that this movie was made and I'm watching it. Yeah. There are definitely some movies on that nasties list that do fill what you uh, described earlier. Yes. And I don't think I've really really seen any, and that's okay. I'm definitely not going to be pushing to to show you any of those. There's so many damn movies to watch Mm -hmm. in in so little time that I think time could be spent on better movies. Or even, like, shitty movies that, like, don't completely offend every sensibility you have. (laughs) Well, yeah, because yesterday uh, with some friends, we did a... a, Or I guess you didn't join us for this, but I did a, a virtual movie night, and we kicked it off with Pieces. Which, in a lot of ways, is a very inept, ramshackle movie, <laughs> but it's so fucking fun that I never it, get tired of watching it. Well, that's just it, right? Is it's yeah. fun. It's sort of on the other side of the, like, B-movie thing. Yeah, like, like, is it kind of pointless? Yeah, but is it at least, like, fun? Then there's a point. Yeah, the dialogue. It was so great when I put that one on. People were just like, it took about, like, two lines of dialogue. And people were like, is this all ADR? And I was like, yep. Yeah. And they're like... <laughs> Oh, and I'm like, trust me, we're watching this version for a reason. <laughs> That's a movie where you do watch the dubbed version instead right. of the subtitle version because the dialogue is just completely unhinged. Yes. And that's what we like. That's what we love. Yeah. But yeah, that's like pretty much all there is. We've probably said more than there really is to say on Toxic Zombies on this thing, but hey, we watched it. We covered it. And 
Yeah, the next movie we watched, I thought, is a much better movie. I have a soft spot for this flick that I don't mm-hmm. know if you quite share, uh, but we watched 1978's The Grapes of Death, which also has a few titles, such as Pesticide, uh, The Raisins of Death, the original <laughs> La Raison de la Mort, and uh, The Village of you, the you, Living Dead. You, you know that, that raisin is French for grape, right? I know that. Yes, I do know that. I'm not crazy. Okay. But I mean, there is the... Uh, like somebody actually called Raisins of Death? Yeah, there is The Raisins, raisins of Death. I've more. seen that on the IMDb page at Oh least. my goodness. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that just because I don't understand that raisin is grape okay, French. Okay, I, I didn't know if you're making a silly, so... I could have been making a silly, No, those are two silly. separate That's titles. True. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> but yeah, um, this one is a genre long movie. So, and it's one that isn't chock a block with uh, lesbian vampires. So it's a bit of an stop there from being like beautiful women with their titties out. That was because we'd watched this one. The other two movies of the night, this one and the next one, we actually you'd seen before, but it'd been a long time. And I'm pretty sure when I asked if you remembered anything from it, you just said that basically. (laughs) Like, well, it's a genre lot of movies, so there's gonna be like beautiful broads and their boobs are going to be out at some point and that's just going to be part of the plot and i love how you're basing this on having only seen three of his movies one of which you have no recollection of even watching which Um, one's that night of the hunted we watched it when your leg was broken in your basement okay maybe i don't know yeah i remember we watched it because i've only that was the first time i saw it okay yeah uh, but then you'd seen Fascination as well. So yes. you didn't even remember that one. But off Fascination and your few memories of this, you perfectly summed up <laughs> his oeuvre. Right. Yeah. When it, when a guy has, like, his thing, or yeah. their thing, because guys can be any gender and use any pronouns, yeah. then, like, when they really nail it, you don't you only have to see a small sample and be like, oh, this is, like, their thing. Yeah. And for him... <laughs> Yep. Beyond lesbian vampires, it, a broader thing is is that. And yeah, it, we respect accurate. it. So what we have with this one, and actually I fucking love the premise of this, because it's um, where pesticides are being used at a vineyard. And shortly thereafter, there's zombies roaming the French countryside. And, and some cool ruins. Yeah, oh fuck. I really miss these sort of... Uh, location shot euro horror movies Mm -hmm. and i think it's safe to say miss because it's not really a genre or a a industry anymore like it used to be right like like studios or cities like france still turns out amazing horror movies they've gone through like an obvious renaissance over the last 20 years but it's but they're very modernist movies Mm -hmm. but yeah so that's all to say i i love the sort of historical runes that these movies like Mm -hmm. yeah it's just, it's beautiful photography without even having to do much. It can just be natural lighting. Just put yeah. the camera in an interesting spot and point it at stuff. And, and like, oh my god, it's foggy out. Fantastic. This is the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, so that's to say that this movie looks stunning right it's off the gorgeous. bat. gorgeous. Yeah, and um, what we got here is, uh, as I'd set up with the, the pesticide thing, there's this woman who's riding a train out to the country, I believe to go visit her sister. Because like her feet, because there's because the the one because there's the one going to Spain, I think, and then there's the one who isn't she going to visit her fiance? Her fiance, that's it. Yeah, yes. at the vineyard. No, it's the next movie where someone's going to visit their sister. That's right. Yeah, uh, going to visit her fiance when um, her train partner person gets killed by this dude with boils on his face. 
on the train and it's like this guy who's come from the vineyard and he's all mutant looking because they were spraying all the pesticides everywhere and um she flees into the countryside where she comes across this blind woman wandering through the ruins which is like this actually came before but that's just it i got such beyond energy yeah at one point i was thing. just like yo you need to get a pic get a tattoo of her on your other arm and then oh shit get yeah. the matching set yeah i don't know what that aesthetic would be it's like yo i got blind ladies <laughs> blind horror ladies yeah that's... great cheekbones yeah yeah my arms will just be cheekbones for days Damn right. My cheekbones won't be shit, but my arms will be. <laughs> my arm cheekbones. But yeah, so she meets up with her, and this woman got disoriented and lost uh, because she ran away from the danger that's in the countryside, and she got lost. Uh, and so she wants this main character to guide her back to town. And when they get to town, it's a fucking wreck. Like, there's, it's like, tire fires and stuff. Yeah, there's fires everywhere and shit. There's yeah. corpses and all that. And uh, what we basically find out is that the entire town has been ravaged by this sickness that... Um, pestilence. Yeah, the pestilence and all that. And we get... Uh, and she's just trying to find home again. And who's the dude that she finds? Like, uh, her carer or something Yeah, it's like, like her... That? Yeah, her... I, yeah. I don't yeah. know if they're romantically involved or anything, but she refers to him as, like, I think they're character. not because he sort of admits he loves her, but that's after he <sighs> fucking decapitates her in right. this very trashy scene. Crucifies her to a door, you know, as you put it, titties out kind yep. of thing. And then chops her head off with a hand axe. And probably, like, one of those splatteriest moments of this director's career. Yeah. And then just, like, makes out with the head a bit. And it's like, I love you! And then walks around holding it aloft. It's actually really deranged. Yeah. See, as yeah. one does when professing their their unrequited love. Yeah, it's... Some... Unrequited only because you fucking killed her. Yeah. Because, who knows, maybe she'd been it... down to clown, like... And then you it's cut her like head time, off where you can find re- out. Time to requite it by making out with it a bit, too. So, like... Across the board, this is nasty behavior. Um, and through all this, as she's running around, she goes to this town and and uh, runs into a, I believe her name is Bridget LaHaye, who's I, I'm probably mispronouncing that. I'm my French pronunciation is abysmal, especially for someone from a country whose official language is that. Um, you wouldn't know it out there here. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. I think we've talked about this at length recently on this podcast. Uh, but yeah, so she runs into her in this. Um, she's sort of cult cult actor in a, in a lot of these sort of euro movies she's a fascination uh, yep and uh she's in the the mayor's house it's like this swank little village she's like the mayor left so it's mine now it's like i love it i love that it's just like if you move into the city official's house you now get their powers it's squatters well, I rights mean, you know france has along with a lot of other european countries has a long history of doing that shit so that's true around the world so it's just coming worked. back home girl just boss. like run and kick in like the premier's window and crawl through and be like i'm the premier now i'm the premier now <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works um yeah apparently she's like i love how this main character she's equal parts like helpless maiden in distress in these movies and also extremely capable 
like at the same fucking time. Yeah. Like she's constantly like, like I'm so helpless, but I, I definitely know how to use a gun. Really yeah, she's like well. help, help, scream, scream. Takes out a gun and just blasts a dude from like 50 yards away with one shot. It's like holy shit. She has to reach a certain like helplessness threshold before the capability activates. Yeah. You haven't seen my final form. <laughs> but yeah, so she tries to go off with uh, Bridget, who we find out is a is a is a rat, a double crosser, and is like actually infected, but doesn't look it. And it's funny because they started to go something on here where it's like, notice how women, they don't get it as bad as men do. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. And then they never return to that again. That's right. (laughs) Um, But uh, as she's about to be fucked up by these zombies that, uh, yeah, if in Fascination, the image was uh, uh, Bridget walking around with the scythe and the open rope through all the canalways outside of the castle as like the iconic scene. In this one, it's her with these two dogs and like a flaming torch kind of thing. Like there's just these iconic scenes uh, or visuals at least. Mm-hmm. But as this is going on, these two uh, lowly worker types are walking through the village with a gun. Like, they come across and they're just fucking shooting people. Uh, and by people, they're shooting zombies, but they actually have a conversation on that where the guy's like, I got another one of them, haha. And the other guy's like, you're enjoying this, aren't you? And he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, so? It's like, they didn't ask to be like this. This is an epidemic. And it's like, and I didn't ask to be here. And here we are. <laughs> and it's just like, man. Can't argue that. <laughs> But she, uh, the main character, eventually teams up with them, and they're trying to make their way to safety at the uh, vineyard where, where her, her fiance, fiance works. And uh, this is where we get to the thing that I found really interesting about this movie is yes. they piece together what's going on, and it's that the grapes are infected and they're making people infected through the wine. Like it turns out, there was a big new wine festival that this the people of this village would have attended, and. And with that, everyone's infected, and they kind of piece together. It's like, well, we were spraying these new pesticides and all that. And like, but why aren't we infected? And then they reveal that uh, they don't like wine. They drink beer. Mm -hmm. So it brings this, like, class element to this, because um, beer is such a working man's drink kind of thing. Right. You know, and, like, wine is... At least in the, like, pre-craft brew culture. Like, at the time of this movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, if we're not even talking craft brew, it's still seen as like a lowly drink. Like, you know, if someone's rocking a a pack of Molson kind of thing, it's, it's not seen as high class compared to someone drinking wine. Like even cheap box wine is seen as classier than just like dirt beer. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's an interesting class element to this, I think, where the sort of lowly characters, because they're blue collar workers, they're yeah, they're laborers, they, uh, working class, they don't drink wine they drink beer over and all that stuff and uh they're the heroes now whereas it's almost like the hedonistic excess of the richest of the richer people drove them into this weird murder frenzy and it's just it's interesting to see that in this movie and i kind of wish they did more with it Mm -hmm. because it's very much pushed to the background and that was uh, unfortunately i've been to france one time and, Went uh, to Paris for a day. <laughs> exactly. And uh, this is also set... Well, this was made in the late 70s, right? So different time, different place, and all that. But it'd be interesting well, to yeah, see it's, how... I mean, it's probably taking place in, like, Provence or something, like, somewhere in the south. Yeah. Yes, yeah. In the wine growing the wine growing happens. Yeah. Uh, but it's, so it's one it's of those... it's pretty, like, rural or... Yeah. Yeah, then, yeah the yeah, movie's got a rural can... setting, for sure. But it's one of those things where, uh, with those in mind it'd be interesting to see what of of the things 
that the characters are attributed to, like what what elements of them would be considered lower class or higher class in that setting compared to like perceptions that we would have as outsiders from a different time period. Right. Like, and even from a different place, because it's funny, we see wine as this like classy thing. And not to say that it isn't seen as that there either, but also I remember being in Italy and being able to go to the store and just like grab any two euro bottle of wine and it's like the best wine you've ever drank. Yep. Yeah, two, like, two euro bottle of wine from the corner store that's like got dust on it as it's stuck in the back And you're like, this is the best thing it. I've ever tasted. Yeah, I've never had anything this good in Edmonton. I would never be able to get this at home. It's just like some guy yeah. made some wine. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. It's so good. And I, I don't think it's, uh, and I actually like this about the movie, it's not just a, cl- a clear cut like rich versus poor thing. Because mm-hmm. we do see Bridget's character in the mayor's house kind of thing and it's like the biggest house in the villa and all that everything's and she, a little you know, fancy. all the fancy clothes yeah and she's stuff. got the fancy clothes but at the same time this is a rural farming community mm-hmm. and it's like you know they're not like a bunch it's not like a Desadian village kind of thing with all these rich elite it's not right. the rich it's, it's coastal not like, elite like, you know you know it, it, it's not like you know be <laughs> being a farmland owner is synonymous with like running a tax haven it reminds me of a uh, one of my favorite exchanges from that movie, The Wrong Guy, the, the Dave Foley movie, The Wrong Guy, where the poor lowly banker is being bought out by the rich farmers who want to bulldoze his bank to put cropland in. Those damn rich farmers. I'm just a lonely banker. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because yeah. that then, class... Sorry, movie, also, I was going to yeah, say no, with um, Bridget, uh, like because we don't really know like she's just like oh this is this is where I, like this is my place now like mm-hmm. you don't get the sense of where she's from so even though there is that class bit that she's also could just be doing class drag like yeah, she's true. just you know put it wearing the fancy clothes and walking around with a certain gait i mean like oh i own the place and it could she could be just like i don't know like a peasant you know that could be interesting uh reading of this that it is the uh it is through the wine that these people achieve a higher status. Like, by becoming these zombies, they're able to access elements of society that they couldn't before, but their access to it is by way of fucking killing and eating it. You know, <laughs> Which I guess is the literal, and you know, the, the if, if metaphorically killing and eating and sucking the lifeblood out of yeah. everything is exactly what the, like... yeah upper echelon does yeah and these uh, workers that stay on the beer and they don't like wine and all that stuff they don't transcend into higher society so they are still human right they thing. get to deal with uh, the fallout which is actually really interesting taking this this track with it because there is a turning point where this movie takes a very nihilistic ending yeah and it's um they find the fiance and he's mutating but he still has some of his faculties there yes and, and he's like kill uh, me He's like, tell I don't me all that. And um, the two workers come in, and the guy who's really trigger happy shoots them. Mm-hmm. And it's as uh, the main woman is sort of freaking out about it, like he killed my fiance. It's like he he asked me to. He purposely lunged at me, which which is what happens in the movies. Yes. But she takes the gun and guns them down anyway, kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, f- to get revenge. Um, but the mo- the scene immediately preceding this is that they f- come to this abandoned villa. And they find a whole bunch of free food, and they're, like, eating pate on, uh... 
Yeah, they're like breaking bread together. And, and, they're, and they, they don't have wine, but they have champagne. And it's like, what's classier than wine, right? Right. Uh, so it's interesting that their downfall happens the second, they're, like immediately after this scene where they engage in this high class behavior from a stratus that they're not in. Right. And um, she's also, she's the one who kills them. And she's the only one of them that we see drink any wine. And it's not much, but when she's in the villa with uh, Bridget, she hands her some wine and she takes a sip. Oh. And, you know, it's, like, not enough to really draw much notice to it. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, snap. And I guess that could be where that whole, like, women don't show it as bad could be coming into it. Is she, that's I was supposed true. to think she's infected and that's why she's so willing to kill them. But she's right. not showing but it visually. Maybe doesn't because, even totally realize it herself. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So there's actually, like, a lot going on in this movie. That, mm-hmm. um, and that's one thing I really like about it is you have to kind of puzzle your way through it because it's not, you're not hit in the face with it. Right. Like the, these whole, like it's talking about class issues. It's all conjecture on the viewer's part. Cause they don't, they don't say like, uh, there's not this monologue where it's like, I like beer and they all look down on me for it, but I'll show them. Workers of the like world that. unite. <laughs> yeah. But it's in there just by virtue of the characters and the culture around the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that makes me, bringing this back into the pesticide angle of it, I, I'm wondering what that might say about um, where, where was the, pas- the pesticide use come into class and all that stuff. Because we live in a society where organic stuff is seen as, like, very high class. It's more expensive to... And, and not just that, but virtuous. It's, yeah. it's virtue. Like, so much of food and drink and stuff is wrapped up in this idea of, like not bearing sin because it's free from all of these things and ba- so based on what you're saying you're asking like to go back to your question of like well how, do, how does this play in to that with the pesticides mm-hmm. arguably it's you know they they're happy to expose these farm workers yeah. to these pesticides and then they get what's coming to them when it you know comes up the food chain to oh, them interesting that like is that. like, like that yeah you know we, okay you can go toil in the fields doing all this backbreaking labor for probably like you know under the table you know the, the way f- like migrant farm workers are treated now or just like abysmal yeah. conditions usually people who are not from here and maybe undocumented so they can be easily exploited or even in europe i was reading something today about how like depending on where you're from there are different like labor protections that if, we're, if you're from the eu versus not and then you could be paid less and like just Nasty, nasty stuff. Purely exploitative. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that the most, the simplest I can see is that, yeah, like, you guys can go and deal with this and it doesn't matter if it's safe or not because it doesn't affect me because I'm not the one spraying it. Yeah. But then, you know, by way of bioaccumulation and all these things, it's like, oh, look, it ended up in my wine. Like, I can't believe the thing we sp- sprayed on the food ends up in the food product. That's yeah, so crazy. Uh, the, these movies are often about the finding out era. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, they, they that, fuck around a little bit at the beginning, and then, yeah, it's just, like, pure finding out. But that's actually, like, a really interesting comment that I think relates to real life. Like, they mention in the third movie that we'll get to, they, they say that the what they're doing is safer than DDT. Whereas, right. you know, they had no problem with all these uh, workers getting covered with DDT because it's safe and right. all that. Um 
But then we've reached this point where now that they see the poisoning that this stuff causes, all the people that were happy for the poor people to work with this stuff are now pearl clutching over pesticides. And they're like, we have to have organic food and we have to charge Even though organic literally it. uses pesticides, they're just less effective and more outdated than the, like, not to say that any of it is like great. Like, yeah, you're, you're spraying poison on things. Now, yeah. depending on the pathways these work on, they some arguably don't really affect humans the way others do because yeah. we don't have the same kind of like just biology of the pests that are being, whether they're plants or bugs or whatever. But like this idea that there's this, you know, pest or like, you know, because you can you can grow vegetables in your backyard without having to spray them. Therefore, these farmers who grow acres and acres and acres of fields of things that would have like multiple weeds per square inch if they didn't spray like on that scale you can totally do that because i can do that in my backyard like yeah give me a break <laughs> yeah but like that's sort of the mindset there and uh, yes it's only a problem when it affects the upper class well that's and that's just it, it right? right and i think this all boils back to the way the, the the fears over the pesticides mm -hmm. and like in this movie it was fine for the the workers to spray but as soon as these people are these workers are infected and are now infiltrating mainstream society through their own avenues and stuff it's uh, it's horrible all of a mm -hmm. sudden exactly. and i think this movie kind of has that going as it's uh Absolutely. I don't know if allegory is the right word, but uh, it's. I like it. I like that about this movie. It's actually saying something without being obvious about it. Exactly. But not in a way where I feel like any of us are reaching. Like, it's not like we have to have the cork board with the string doing right. the weird connections. It's like, okay, if you do this and if you if you completely misinterpret this part, everything else works. Mm -hmm. So um, this one you had seen it before. Mm -hmm. And it's been a while, though. So I remember you said you didn't really remember too much of it. And it had actually been a while for me, too. Last time I'd seen it was when we watched it, but I'd seen it a couple times. Right. Uh, anyway, what did you think of this one? I enjoyed this one a lot more than the last one. Yeah. Found it Which, more interesting. you know, low bar, but yeah, yes. I, I get you on that. But yeah, like this one, I would be like, oh yeah, I'd watch that again, you know, probably in a few years, because it's right. been a few years since I last saw it. Like, I wouldn't want to be like, oh, I need to rewatch this immediately. Yeah. But, like, I'd watch it. The last one, I'm like, eh. I, I wouldn't be like, absolutely not. But I also wouldn't seek it out. Yeah, again, I think the only thing I'd rewatch it for is if it was, like, there's a specific purpose to the watch that specific movie. Yeah, exactly. exactly. As opposed Whereas this to one, just, I'm like, like... Yeah, this one, this one, yeah, I'd watch it sometimes. Yeah, this one holds up. Um, mm. It's interesting. I was... Uh, because I'd see I haven't seen even tons of Jean Roland's movies, but I've seen a fair few, and I was trying to get a couple of friends into his movies, and it was their birthdays were sort of close together, so I got each of them uh, one of their movies, and the two I got were Grapes of Death and The Iron Rose, mm -hmm. which is funny because I thought those are on sort of two ends of the spectrum of the kind of movies he does, and yet, other than those two movies, pretty much everything else is like lesbian vampires. <laughs> But right. these two are the exceptions. Yes. Yeah. For the most part, at least. He had some range. He had a range. Yeah. Okay, so what did we watch last? Living Dead at Manchester Morgue. Yeah, from 1974. And this one is probably the most infamous for having a billion, billion titles. 
Uh, let's see, let's see. I got the list here. So there's Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Living Dead in Manchester Morgue. Breakfast at the Manchester Morgue. Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Do Not Speak Ill of the Dead. Invasion Der Zombies. Don't Open the Window, because we remember that window in this movie. Right. Uh, shit. Uh, and then, like, No Profane El Sueno de la Morte, so Don't Profane the Sleep of the Dead. <laughs> Just stuff like that. Oh, fuck. Zombie 3. <laughs> this is one of the many Zombie 3s. Or the Italy reissue title of Da Dove Vieni? <laughs> Where did you come from? <laughs> Perfect title. Sums this movie the fuck up. No notes. <laughs> yeah. Le Massacre de Mortes Vivants. So Massacre of the Living Dead is what they called it in Quebec. Hmm. I love how... <laughs> like It's Quebec specifically. Sorry, because I little side rant um there was that tweet that was like so because you know how nope just came out like jordan peele's latest movie yes, yeah. and now they're like yeah in france it's still called nope in quebec it's called ben non <laughs> quebec <laughs> loves to do that i've noticed really does they really do love to do that yeah living dead at manchester morgue this is probably my favorite of the week and it's also a video nasty and uh yeah, what have we got here? What, what is the... What is this? There's a woman at the petrol station who she, like, pe- backs into this guy's ride and fucks it up. And uh, so because it now needs to be repaired, she's going to give him a lift to where he needs to go because she's on her way to go see her sister. Yeah. And on the way, when they're, like, in the woods in the guy is like talking to another guy she the woman who's on the way to see her sister is spooked and kind of attacked by this guy who seems kind of zombie like it's yeah, he's weird got, he's got weird eyes he's got yeah and that's a thing like i remember watching this and being like oh man like it's about to go because we hadn't even established he was a zombie it was, but it's like when you see a, a, a fucked a kind of fucked up looking guy standing around in a weird way and then it goes close up and he has red contact lenses like shit is about to go down <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and he's walking out of a graveyard by the river, I think. Yeah, like it's yeah. I would say by the river for sure, and yeah, he's it's like so it's kind of like messed up looking guy, and then yeah, he has messed up eyes. It's like oh shit. Yeah, ran right into that guy who lives in the graveyard down by the river. Yeah, as one does, and so by the time she, you know, runs and escapes and finds the men and says this guy just attacked me. He's nowhere to be found. So naturally, they're like. You must just have been like seeing things. Like you're hysterical. Oh, you, you you don't you worry your pretty little head about these like yeah. just fantasies you're having. Okay, that's one thing I really like that this movie does, and it's one of my favorite little things that sort of these '70s horror movies did a lot, and you don't see it nearly as much today. Is they meet because she backed into his motorcycle, right? And it's like mm-hmm. now you're going to give me a ride to town after trashing my ride and all that. Um, their dynamic is. They fucking don't like each other. <laughs> and they're not shy about it. And I kind of like how well they did that because I don't get the sense that they care about each other beyond, no. you know, we're fellow people, so we have to have a modicum like, uh, of We're here of by something. circumstance. Yeah, and you don't see that as much anymore where, like... You really don't. I got the vibe that these people genuinely don't like each other. Yeah, like, they're just kind of well stuck done. together. And not in a way that's going to turn into, like, an enemies to lovers plot line. They're just like, fuck. Yeah. 
that was another thing because that their dynamic does change, but it's uh, it's not Hollywood cliche change. It's just you guys went through it together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, they he goes to where he needs to be with, and he's talking to these guys who, rather than spraying pesticides, they are they've managed to harness like radiation. They're like, oh, but it doesn't affect humans. I'm like, oh yeah, radiation that doesn't affect humans. Totally, man. Like, that yeah. sounds so legit. We're just, it's like, well, the, you know, because there's like radiation, radiation, and there's this like special radiation that it's only affects bug like radiation. Ants. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's basically low grade radiation that what they, how they describe is it's designed to disrupt the nervous system of the target, causing them to go into a frenzy and kill each other. Yes. And it's not strong enough to work on, on developed people. But it'll right. work on insects and lower forms, as they say. Yes. Which translates to babies in the maternity ward getting violent. Right. And, like, biting people. Because, like, yeah, I guess they're people by the law, but if you want to talk about this sort of, like, primitive... Ner- it's like, they're still developing. Like, yeah. they're not a... Like, yeah, they're fully formed in the sense that they're born, but, like, they're not, they're, they're not in their final form yet. Yeah, they haven't hit their final form yet. No. Uh, but if they had, then you've just got yourself a big, big baby and no one wants that. <laughs> Not a big, big baby. No. So he's, so, you know, our, our protagonist dude who got his, his, his wheels screwed up is like, like, no, like, you can't be doing this, like, conscientious objector, like, this is, like, no, 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 this is so bad, you can't do this, and everyone's like, no, 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 you don't know what you're talking about, you're just some, like, like, hysterical hippie, like. Yeah. Please let the let the let the scientists work here. Yeah, yeah, right. And um, he's very hippie esque, so he's yes. discredited, even yes. though what he's saying is perfectly right in the context of the movie. Like he's got it, he's nailed it. But he's um, not seen as a credible. Not at all. No. In fact, his foil in this movie is the sort of hard nosed, sort of conservative cop. Yes. Who clearly has it out for him just on the pretense of him before you even get to his actions right yeah he says he says some things about him that i felt seen <laughs> when he said these words <laughs> we, we can't repeat, repeat them, them on the podcast but <laughs> <laughs> um and then meanwhile the woman is yeah she's going to see her sister the sister is a drug user and yeah, we find out she's recovered from a heroin addiction yes. that's right well yeah. recover recovered is a question mark <laughs> Oh, recovering. But yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. And so the idea is that her husband is going to have her sent to rehab, basically, against her will, and that the sister is there as sort of part of, an, in, like, intervention. Right. Like, yeah, we're going to do this. And so she's not happy about it. And at one point, I don't know, the husband's also a photographer. And so he's yeah. like, oh, I'm going to go photograph the waterfall. Wait, is he a photographer <laughs> or a guy with a camera? Um, he seemed to actually have some technique down. And also as a person who also likes to like, be like, fuck this, I'm going to go photograph a waterfall. (laughs) I felt very seen. Oh, absolutely. Or like, I'm going to go take close up pictures of flowers and like waterfall. I'm like, that's me. There's a reason why most of the photos I've taken have been like at night when there aren't people. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, this is representation. Yeah. But, um, then... The, oh yeah, it should be worth mentioning. So when the the main character woman was attacked by this guy, P, 
people, they, they put like, oh, well, there was this guy who used to hang out by the river and he died recently. Like, well, we're just like mentioning this incidentally, but there's no way it can be him because he's dead. Yeah. We like, bar- yeah, we like put him in a cop. So the funny thing was they're like, you know, we didn't bury him yet because nobody wants to pay for it. But who covered the cost of like, it's not just like a, you know, cardboard box casket. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Um, so while the husband is out doing these photos at night, um, the guy who attacked the main woman shows up and starts trying to attack the sister and we end up like out in the woods where the dead guy, the living dead guy, the zombie guy kills the husband and then is once again, nowhere to be seen. So now we have two sisters who are accused of being hysterical and trying to like back, you know, like, oh, well, you're just protecting your sister by saying that this happened. She obviously killed her husband. She had motive. She is also like, you know, an unreliable drug addicted, just like shady character who we've already written off as being crazy and untrustworthy. That's another thing I liked about this uh, movie is that the zombie thing, it's a mystery. Mm-hmm. You know, most zombie apocalypse movies, it becomes like there's no, there might be questions about what's happening or why it's happening. And at the start, they're like, zombies can't come to life. But then there's an apocalypse and they're like, oops. Right. Oops, Whereas that changes one, everything. It, it's so much like it's the, it, if there was to be an apocalypse out of this, this is just like the the beginning Yes, case this is like ground zero. Yeah, so I, I liked that about it. It was a different dynamic to what mm-hmm. you often see in these movies. Because this was a post-Night of the Living Dead zombie movie, as most of them are. Uh, but right. it was before Dawn of the Dead. And there was a whole glut of these movies that came out in the 70s, sort of popularizing off of Night of the Living Dead. Yet this doesn't follow that. Like, Night of the Living Dead very much has that classic zombie apocalypse kind of setting where, you know bunch of people trapped in a location besieged upon by zombies and all that that's not what's going on in this movie and i thought that was really cool that is yeah that's a good point um so then yeah it becomes well how do we do the police's job for them since they are just like acting on pure confirmation bias of like well this is the bad guy and therefore it's cut and dry we're not actually going to do our job and investigate anything and so they you know, do things like develop the photos that the husband, because the husband's camera was set to like an automatic shutter release. So like, maybe we can get a photo of the actual perp and clear her name. And oh shit, it looks like, it does look like the homeless guy. And right. um, so the, the guy, the main guy at one point, he's like, well, okay, this is ridiculous. Like, it's funny that he hasn't, like, totally put two and two together. Because on the one hand, he's like, "These no, we can't, this pesticide, or not pesticide, this, like, pest control is damaging. But then when there's evidence of how it could possibly connect, he's like, no, you're hysterical. Like, we're going to go see this guy's body. So, like, it'll shut you up and, like, you will accept that he is dead and he is not, no longer moving. And he's not the one you saw by the river. And maybe you didn't even see anything. And it turns out he's not in his casket. Yeah. Because he's reanimated and they figure like oh well you know if it works on this like you know primitive basic nervous systems well you know how when you cut flowers and you put them in water they like live for a little bit longer so like what if the human nervous system at you know brain death doesn't totally 100% die and then it's like reanimated by these radioactive waves which while they may be fudging the numbers that's 
kind of true to life in the sense we think of like when you die you die like we look at it as an on off switch right right whereas your cells don't die the second you have brain death your no. your blood doesn't deoxidize in half a second flat, right you know like yeah all of this stuff is a process and you know it's irreversible unless you are in the herbert west school of thought um <laughs> the herbert but, west cinematic universe <laughs> yeah but uh, so I like that the even if the science is far fetched and like you know science in big quotes, right? I like that they tried. Yeah, and it's also like it's yeah. not like wrong per se. I, I've seen much more far fetched, right? Uh, sort of like proposals for yeah, why like it's speculative, but it's like not speculative in a way that's illogical. It's kind of like oh yeah okay. Yeah. And that's sure. what I found really cool about this movie is it does that like it actually kind of like brings the science into it and science is so important to these characters like whenever the main guy is uh fighting with the farmers they're just like this the science you you've got to trust the science right yeah and the one guy the one guy who's sort of on his side is the doctor who's actually looked at the sciences like you might not be completely crazy right right so there's this science element as being important but the movie is done in a way where it's very much pulling from like gothic horror cinema yeah the architecture the pacing and all it's got this almost dreamy quality with these old buildings again like i'm thinking where you said they go to the casket Mm -hmm. and open and find it's empty well because then like the like uh it's like a mausoleum like yeah it's it's like all this weird catacomby kind of thing and all these old gravestones and it's like such gothic horror kind of imagery Mm -hmm. but in this sort of modern horror story done with you know it's got the you know, it's a super, super bloody yeah, modern science-based horror movie with though, that Yeah, veneer. and its location in time and space is very, like, contemporary to when it was made. Yeah. It's not going yeah. for, like, throwback. Yeah, so it's not doing a throwback of, like, the, the 60s gothic movies, but it's so much coming out of that. And I thought that made it really, mm-hmm. like, really nice to watch. Yes. Yeah, so we get um, everything kind of, like, leads up to this final showdown at the hospital where the main woman has been, like basically like forcefully institutionalized because they think she's crazy after being uh, attacked by zombies and uh the cop is still like okay that like at this so at this point there was a cop who saw what was happening and was like oh like you guys are telling the truth holy shit and ends up killed by zombies yeah got disemboweled and they think the hippie did it they think the hippie did it so now the the main cop guy is like okay, not only do I hate this guy, but he's a cop killer. So, like, I am going to fill him with lead. Yeah. He's very... He's got that sort of Dirty Harry-esque, like... Yes. Justice or the law, in huge quotes, by any means necessary. Exactly. Yeah. It's not a great combination. No. Um, But then, yeah, with the sort of climax here, it's kind of like... I, don't, I almost want to say refreshingly, but that doesn't feel right. But like nihilistic and bleak where they're just like, we're just going to oh. fucking kill everybody. I loved the tone of this movie. I think I've mentioned it before. I even made a letterbox list recently for it. But there's this sort of brand of bleak downbeatness in the 70s genre movies or a, a, a selection of them that doesn't feel forced or edgelordy. It just feels right. like this is where the movie is going. Like yes. it's this sort of nihilistic streak that I think makes the movies better, not worse. Mm-hmm. And I say that as someone who gets so tired of like you know, I hate forced happy endings and I hate forced bad endings. Basically right. I hate forced endings where you're just like, oh, but we have to have this. 
Yeah, Whether I know. It's, we need to be edgy, so let's There's have There's something like, about this that's, like, very organic. And that's why I love them so much. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to do the whole back-in-my-day thing, because this was way before my day anyway. Right. But you don't see this in movies that much anymore, where it's the sort of downbeat meanness that is honestly the best place the movie could have gone. Well, and then when you do, like, people flip out about it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, one filmmaker who I think does that a lot is Gaspar Noé, and we know right. how people think about him. Yes. Yeah. Or I'm just thinking of, like, I don't know, Tragedy Girls, or, like... Yeah. I, and I that care a lot. Like, that one's having a laugh with it, too. Yeah. Like, it's fun in that movie, and people yes. get so fucking mad. Like really bent out of shape over it. I think a, a good example of a movie that kind of does this where it fits the movie was uh, Nightcrawler. Yes. Like, that's a mean, bleak movie, and the movie would have been less interesting if they tried to make it nicer. But yeah, there's, like, kind of, like, no heroes in this movie, because yeah. they're all we get, fucking dead. And it's very constrained, but we get the, uh, the sort of zombie, the little, like, it's kind of like the end of the beyond, where it's like, and now the zombie attack happens. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the morgue truck. There was a morgue truck that was going past where they were doing all the equipment. That's right. Is what, where the in- initial zombies came from. But then he finds out that the machine just got its range increased to five miles. And That's he right. sent her there to the hospital being like, it's way out of the range because it's a yes. mile range. You'll be safe. And then he finds out that that's not true anymore. Yeah. And like he sabotages the equipment, but they get it working again. I love the fucking scene where he goes to the farm and is just yelling at them to turn it off for like the eighth time. And I love how exasperated everyone is. It's like, you again, you damn green peace motherfucker. And he just <laughs> takes a fucking wrench and just starts hitting the machine. He's just like, I'm going to break your machine. And uh, they freak out and run for the van. It's like, let's get out of here. This guy's lost it. And then he's just like, wait, I need a ride. <laughs> it's so much that scary movie. <laughs> Or the fucking making fun of science where the guy like runs over the dude's wife and as he's coming to see her body, the guy who ran over is just like, hey, I'm going to need a ride back to town. (laughs) (laughs) It has that energy to it. Kind of. With a a bit less audacity, but... Easily the best joke in that whole fucking movie. I'm going to need a ride. (laughs) (laughs) Um... But yeah, so the zombie, we get that little zombie ending, and uh, it, it is constrained, but I think given that the whole movie's got that kind of constrained slow burn thing, it's pretty mm-hmm. fitting. It does, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's not Nightmare City, for example, where right. it just starts at 11 and just stays at that. <laughs> and that's, that's okay. I'm happy with it, yeah. <laughs> I like this one better than Nightmare City, so. Yeah, I think this is the better movie, and I love, I say that as someone who really likes Nightmare City. Yeah. So the the very ending. Oh, actually, this one was kind of rough too, because I remember the main the main woman. We keep saying main woman and main hippie because I don't remember their names. Mm. Um, Do they matter? The, yeah, the main woman is tied up in the hospital bed when her sister comes in, having turned into a zombie, and starts just fucking like stabbing her in the neck. That was brutal. Yeah, yeah. And she manages to get out, and only to find that the room is now filling with zombies that right. are after her. And meanwhile, the main dude has just burst into the hospital as she's about to get killed by these zombies that have her cornered. Um, and he's figured out that fire works. So that's another gothic horror thing. It's just like the mm. whole Frankenstein thing, like right. fire, torch. But he, uh, 
wraps the end of an axe in cotton and torches it and just starts like setting zombies on fire. And uh, like he did the cop. Yeah, like he did just the cop. Desecrating these corpses. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's another thing they do is this like satanic panic. Like, oh, this looks like black mass behavior. Yes. Oh yeah, that's. So not only is and... he like a hippie scum, he's also a literal satanist. But I love how that's such an easy jump. It's like, well, they're hippies, so of course they're satan worshippers. Right. You know, it's kind of like that movie. Just I like drink moral your blood, panic, like where they are hippies who are satan worshippers, and then they get rabies. <laughs> right. The trifecta. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so what happens right at the end here? Uh, well. <laughs> The lady's a zombie now, and... Yeah, he saves her. Yes. By setting the room on fire and getting her out of there in a hug. And he's finally like, hey, I don't hate you. And then she's just like, well, I'm going to kill you because I'm a zombie. Yeah. So he, like, kills her. Yeah, kicks her into the flames. Kicks flame. her into the flames, so she burns up. And then he gets shot by the fucking cop. Oh, this fucking ending, and then yeah. And then the cop is like, I wish your zombie shit was real, because then you could come back to life and I could kill you again. Finger curls on the monkey's Literally. paw. <laughs> yeah, we get this great ending where the cop, after fucking killing the main character who's worked so hard to save the day and then just gets blasted for his efforts, the cop goes back to the hotel. And who's waiting for him in his room? The, the not, not a zombie, because zombies aren't real. No, of course not. And definitely not the hippie zombie to get his revenge, because that would be preposterous. Yeah, the hippie zombie that you would never want to get into, like, weird rough sex with because he manages to choke this guy to death in, five, like, half a second flat. He just, like, grabs his throat, and the guy's dead. And it's just like, I mean, oh, it, it can happen very fast if you cut off the brain, blood supply to the brain in the right way. Yeah, It's but not like MMA it... dudes will, like, be practicing with their buddies and accidentally kill their friend because they do the, like, True. They hit the wrong spot, like, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you're, like, not instantly dead, but, pre- like, I'm sure it feels instant. In how fast yeah, it happens. I guess it's just you're, I'm so used to movies where they have the drawn out strangulation scene right. where it's clearly like you can't breathe and you're suffocating to death and it takes two seconds. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, but, it's, it's uh, about the blood flow of the brain. It's not even about the breathing. Because it's like you can yeah. you can breathe, but if the oxygen is not getting to your brain, you're fucked. Yeah, which is what apparently happens here. Yes. And that's instant kind of one hit the, KO. And then like from that, we cut back to the field, and they're like, "Oh, we finally got the machine up and running again." That's right. Let's and we freeze let her frame rip. on that. And that was a great freeze frame to, to go off at the end because that reminds me of the beginning credits to this movie where it's intercutting all these scenes of like nuclear reactors and like right. people walking through the streets with masks on, you know, in the 70s, of course, in North America. So that wasn't a thing you did. And it's intercutting that with all this hippie stuff, like the guy riding his motorbike with like the big leather jacket and the scarf blowing the wind, the woman who just like takes all her clothes off and streaks through the streets doing like the peace sign and all the people looking at her are just like, uh, what's this then? What's all this then, eh? Right then, what's all this? Yeah. Yeah, so this movie is horrendously downbeat mm-hmm. and fatalistic. And but also I very silly. Of... It is, yeah. Uh, yeah, because I asked you what you thought of it and you're just like goofy and it's like, that's interesting because that is not my takeaway from the movie, but it's there. <laughs> It's, yeah, I mean, and it was my overall, but yeah, the end was definitely just like, well, that sucked the fun yeah. out of most of it. Yeah. But I think that really fits well into sort of the environmental thing and all that, depressingly. Right. And it feels very resonant to today, where mm-hmm. this guy tries so hard. He keeps going after the guys he has to, smashes up their machine. Yeah, it's all, all personal futile. cost. Yeah, and 
he still loses, the machine still carries on, and the environment suffers as the and havoc is by still humanity uh, at the expense of like, hey, we'll get a better crop this year, or business will carry on, and all that. Yes, we will. We will flourish this quarter because that's as far yeah. ahead into the future as we look. Yeah, yeah. So it's the maybe that's why I find this movie so like well done is it's so depressingly still so real. relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And um, going back to our talk about like organic versus uh, pesticide and how you're like, yeah, they still use pesticides, just different. This kind of, when you were saying that, it made me think of this where it's like they're talking about how, like this is where they mentioned DDT. It's like a lot safer than DDT. And it's like, why why does my English accent always become Australian and my Australian <laughs> accent always becomes like I just drank a bunch of paint thinner? Like I'm bad at these accents. Okay, same, but. <laughs> yeah, but um. It's a, yeah, but I don't have an excuse because I've lived these places, so. Um, Yeah, it's like this alternative to the now demonized pesticide. It's like, this is the safe alternative. It's the new hip technology. It's, uh, you know, we've we've seen how pesticide has been demonized or seen as like bad before. So we're going to do something that we can, you know, it's science, baby. It's good for you. And they get fucked for it. They still yeah. get fucked uh, all the same. And it makes me think of what you're saying about how, like, a lot of that organic stuff, it's not that it doesn't do pesticides, it's just doing some different pesticides. Mm-hmm. And quite often, they're a, a lot, like, you have to use a lot more of it. They're yeah. more dangerous. Because a lot of the um, criticism, especially of the, of the era that we're in, has been not even specifically of pesticides, it's been of Monsanto. Like, it's, like, a specific pesticide or yeah, it's, it's glyph- glyphosate roundup. And it's, it's like, if we go after that, we're good. When it's right. like, but there's all these other things that we're kind of ignoring just to pick a boogeyman. Because that when you have a visible enemy, you can point at it and be like, fuck right. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Jack the Ripper looking at Ted Bundy and being like, you kind of suck, dipshit. <laughs> like, it's that, basically. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in my fighting game I'm designing where it's just terrible... Terrible people. Well, it's the version of Guess Who I wanted to decide. There you go. <laughs> Guess Who, or it's just horrible people on the cards. Did your person lead a sex cult in Texas? Yeah. <laughs> David Koresh! Um, but yeah, this is, uh, I think, for me, probably my favorite of the bunch. What about you? Where are you at with these three movies? I maybe liked Grapes of Death a little bit more. Okay. But... I don't know. That might have just been, like, where I was at when I was watching them. I mean, I I think that's a fair yeah. assessment, too. Know. Like, I, I think they're both really good movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I, I felt a little more, like, focused when I was watching. So, that, like, gotcha. that, that's probably But we also watched it together. Like, you yeah. were here, and we watched Grapes of Death together, specifically sitting on the couch watching it, whereas um, to get this done in time, it was just like, uh, just watch it, and then we'll Yeah, I just, like, watch it at the end did. of the day kind of thing, and I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So... Yeah, I think that maybe had more to do with it than, like, the content of the movie yeah, itself. Yeah, and I think you watched it on a computer screen, too. I did, yeah, yeah as like, opposed to your, like, I, amazing I TV. I watched the Blu-ray on the big TV, so, right. yeah. Yeah, that's a um, different experience, too. Yeah. I, I kind of like the the sly smile that this kind of mini-genre gives me of these advancements against nature to make human life better just, you know, results in, like, our perpetual suffering in the form right. of, like, zombies come back to life. It's like, oh, we're dead and we have to keep on fucking doing it. 
But then you know, even like, like we then do the try to like return to nature and the like naturalistic fallacy of like, well, if it's natural, it must be good. Yeah. Then we also screw ourselves in that way too because mm-hmm. it's like, no, it can actually be like more toxic, more dangerous, more destructive. But we're God, putting what? this like green halo on it because yeah. it's natural. God, what a cynical week. Like, I I always think of uh, Let Me Get a Manchester Morgue as kind of a cynical movie, but the whole week is just sort of... Kind of. Cynical topic. But hey, those are fun sometimes. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Either way, it was fun to uh, revisit some Mm -hmm. fucked up movies of yesteryear. Yes. Because I think, as I'd mentioned, uh, since uh, coming back after our summer break or spring break or whatever you want to call it, uh, we've done only modern movies, which, you know, is all good and well, too, but... I like I like dipping back into seventies and eighties mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that'll probably sum it up for this week. Uh, recommendations, though. Yeah i I was stumped because was, yeah if we go yeah if we wanted to stick to just like pesticides I was like oh I don't know so yeah. I was like well okay let's but then you pointed you, we were looking at like okay like looked up like eco horror and it's like okay what are some I've seen that I could recommend and you also helped point this out was um so in 2006 a movie called mm. Black Sheep came out yeah and while it's not about pesticides it's about another agricultural boogeyman genetic engineering yeah which also gets tied up into like Monsanto you know genetic engineering crops to be to withstand pesticide herbicide and then patenting it and selling it and how you know evil that is and whatever and um so yeah this again this idea of like playing god and and in order to line our pockets by rather than making you know a different plant it's making a more robust hardier livestock and then having those turn into like killer monsters in all of our, yeah. you know, folly for playing God, trying to make more money. And it's a good fit, because even though it's not really a zombie movie in the traditional sense, it follows the beats of a zombie movie. It does. And it still, yeah, like I said, uses that sort of, like, egg scare, like... Yeah. This technology... Yeah, we are, we are playing God, and bad yeah. things are happening for it. Yeah. It's also just really fucking funny. Yeah, that too, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it fits into the mood of, like, like kind of goofy. Yeah. No, good choice, good choice. Um, it's been a... I think the last time I watched it was with you, anyway, so... It's been a while. It's been a while. Cool. My recommendation is not going to be zombie or pesticide, but um, eco-horror, and it fits in with Living Dead at Manchester Morgue in that the main characters just fucking hate each other, <laughs> and they do that so well. It's Australia's 1978 movie, Long Weekend. Oh. It's a movie. It I love this movie. It's a a couple whose marriage is just gone to shit. Go out for a long weekend in the bush, and uh, it seems that like not only do they hate each other, but they are just terrible people to the environment around them. Just like indiscriminately killing animals that are inconvenient to them, destroying the wilderness and all that. And uh, as their marriage is deteriorating, and they're sort of like getting more and more heated with it, nature seems to be fighting back Mm. but it's done in such a great way where the whole movie it's like it could all be coincidence oh interesting it's one of my favorite of the sort of ausploitation movies okay i'm intrigued yeah we gotta watch it sometimes it's it's really good yeah cool 
but I suppose that'll do it for mm-hmm. us. Um, take it easy and keep it sleazy.